All right, we are live here on 103.9 FM WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Reliable Rental Equipment. Guys, my DIY warriors, my contractors out there, if you need to rent some heavy equipment and even not so heavy equipment, maybe you just need to rent a golf cart or a side-by-side. Maybe you need a zero-turn mower. Go um, mow your lawn, mow your mama's lawn. Go mow your mom's lawn. You ain't even got to buy one. You can go rent one from Reliable Rental Equipment. Look, guys, they got you covered from backhoes, skid steers, lifts, tailor lighting solutions for outdoor lighting. Uh, for example, big Willie Nelson concert at the amphitheater tonight. They have all these off-site parking lots that don't have any natural light out there. Or fixed lighting, should I say? Uh, they'll have these type lighting equipment out there. You got a football team or a baseball team you need to practice on a baseball field somewhere at nighttime. There's no lights, or you got to work somewhere late. You know what I mean. If you need lights when it's dark in the middle of nowhere, they got you covered. These uh, Taylor lighting rigs can go for 28 days on a tank of diesel. Now, granted, you got to cut it off during the daytime, but 28 nights on a tank of diesel. That is phenomenal. So <clears throat> good long-term outdoor lighting solutions. And again, if you need a golf cart or a side-by-side for the weekend, you can go rent or purchase one from these guys. They got it all. Here's what's really neat about these guys over at Reliable Rental Equipment. It's locally owned. They reinvested into Jackson. They went right over there off Meadowbrook Drive and tore down a whole block of old buildings and built a brand new huge facility right across from the old movie theater, just right outside of Fondren there. And that you know, that takes some guts, given all things considered. So all my all my pro Jackson folks that wanna they want to support Jackson businesses, get over there and support these guys. They'll deliver your equipment to you. And if you can't operate it, say, hey man, I'm a plumber, but running a backhoe or all this ain't really in my wheelhouse. You can rent the equipment and they and you can use one of their operators on a daily rate so you don't have to rent another contractor or all that stuff you can do what you do let them handle the dirt work or whatever and they'll get it knocked out they also handle tree services they can cut them down and haul them off they do they do rollback dumpsters and debris cleanup too so if uh if you need to clean get a lot cleaned up they can come drop the dumpster off if you don't have a crew of volunteers or friends to help if you can't buy quite enough beer and pizza to get your friends to help you clean up an old lot these guys have a crew that will do that too. So check them out online, ReliableRentalEquipmentMS.com, located at 210 Meadowbrook Road in Jackson. Like I say, if you're from Jackson, they're basically it's right on the corner of State Street and Meadowbrook. You can't miss it. Big, new, huge facility there. Got all the equipment out front. They got the scissor lifts, the boon lifts, all that stuff. Go see my buddy Brad Patridge over there. Make sure you let them know that you heard it on the Clay Edwards Show. Reliable Rental Equipment MS. Dot com. All right, guys. Um, so yesterday, Mr. Edwards went to the Capitol. And uh, you know, so, some of them surreal moments. like, it's like you, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That was yeah, our, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's where I got it from. And, you Which know, I've never seen that movie, by the way. I have not either, but I've seen clips and oh, stuff. Oh, it's a great movie. Really? I've never oh, yeah. watched it. And as I was like, Mr. Edwards goes to the Capitol. And, if, you know, it's one of these surreal moments where I think of, I look at some of my TikToks and some of my videos and stuff, and that's kind of a wrestling character I play on the internet. You know, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's my real thoughts and opinions, but it's juiced up to be entertaining, right? Yeah. And I, I, I sometimes I'll use us foul language and, and whatnot to get the attention of knuckleheads. And uh, so we get down there. Nick Bain asked me if I would come be a part of his last committee as chairman 
of the Judiciary B Committee, and it's about and there's where the stuff gets serious. It's it's about the need for proper funding of our public defender system, and it was very very I don't I don't know if entertaining is the word, but very educational. Mm-hmm. But uh, my my point was kind of be the man on the streets, uh, almost like a like a victim impact statement of what crime is what I've seen, what our audience has seen, and what their gripes are about the criminal justice system and crime in Jackson. <clears throat> and I went scorched earth for about three to five minutes there. I was like, any questions? <laughs> no, <laughs> no questions. Yes, yeah, since everybody's listening, I was there for all of this. It was yeah. it was quite entertaining. It was just, Clay uh, Edwards briefs the Judiciary Committee on the crime in Jackson. <laughs> I, uh, I basically compared the Lumumba administration to a terrorist organization. You did say that, yep. <laughs> you did say that, which I don't think anybody really disagreed with you, though. No, I mean, I would their love, silence I, was... Yeah. I would love to hear their argument for the disagreement. Mm-hmm. That they're, that Lumumba's a terrorist organization? Not necessarily. I'm being a little facetious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you know, I've... You know, just the way that Jackson's has... I think you could certainly say that it's not been competent leadership. And look, I, you know, Ted Hennepin is probably the worst thing that could happen to Jackson's current leadership. Absolutely. Because what he's exposed is that like one guy who kind of is organized and knows what he's doing can Mm -hmm. fix problems that like entire city halls haven't been able to fix in decades. I called the Jackson Waterline, I don't know if I told you all, a couple Mm -hmm. days ago, because I had to set out, you know, for years I've been writing, it's the only check I write for my bills, by the way, for years, because you send to Memphis, anybody lives in Jackson knows this, you send your water bill, and I can never get the online access to work before. Ever. For you, finally, I just gave up. I said, look, this is my checkbook. I just write my check every month, and I send it to Memphis. Anyway, finally, I was like, you know, I'm going to sign up for this Jackson Water site. Well, my account wasn't set up, so I called. It took 90 seconds for them to get on the phone, and they fixed it in under 30 seconds. It was incredible. And I was like, so now I just go to the online, just like all my other bills, and pay it that way. I mean, so just from that aspect of having to – you know, I've owned my home for seven years – and having to write seven years of checks once a month. And like I just thought that was fantastic how quickly they set it up and how easy that's going to be where all the years before you can never get it done. This water crisis has kind of done the same thing that the Israel, the Hamas attack on Israel and, and the, the, the college campuses and the, and the curtain being pulled back on the left and exposing that they're on the wrong side of history a bit. It exposed just how incompetent Jackson was actually being ran. So for anybody who just thought that it was, oh, this is the state's fault, the state didn't fix the pipes, there's some arguments to be made about the pipes being 100 years old and breaking when it when it freezes. I get it. But the incompetence of not being able to pay your water bills, not being able to run the plant properly, you can't blame incompetence on anybody but the leadership. And it has exposed how incompetent they are, to your points. And well, it's but been I mean, fun to watch. You know, the crazy thing is even with the pipes, I mean, when Hennepin came in, you know, they did evaluation of the system, and he said, like, actually, your your pipes aren't that old. I mean, there are sections that are old, yeah. but he's like, compared to a lot of major cities across the country, your your infrastructure is actually not that old. There's mm-hmm. some problems with how it was installed, mm-hmm. right, initially. Um, that goes back decades. But the system itself, relatively speaking, is not that old. You know, some of the stuff that he's figured out is, like, just really simple stuff. Like, there was that one leak that had literally created a 35-foot-deep pond at the country club was yeah. yeah it was costing millions of dollars in, mm-hmm. in water where we're you know gushing like millions of gallons of water and the city literally said well we had no idea that was there yeah that's right <laughs> like, that's like, right that's well up. wait a second this guy who's not even from here came in and found it pretty quick like yeah and they got it fixed mm-hmm. well then you see the fit that the lumumba the sister lumumba 
has been throwing down there on behalf of the Poor People's Campaign. And uh, if I get some of these NGOs, I, they're all NGOs to me. If, you, if I get any, some of these these uh, these people mixed up, whether it's NAACP, Poor People's Campaign, it, it, all that kind of under one umbrella, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they're, they're down there fighting for for representation now because Ted Hennepin's white. They're like, well, we feel like the person doing this needs to be black because we're a black city. You know, that's where I go back to. That sounds racist to me, but neither here nor there. You've had, quote unquote, black people in this position for quite a while now, and you had this problem. You got a guy here fixing it. I don't care if this guy's blue or green or a black alien, as Master D would say. Master D. If he seemed to have fixed the problem. <laughs> I, I met him at the Shoba County Fair just in passing. Yeah. Uh, very nice guy. I met his wife, lovely lady. Uh, I mean, this guy is basically commuting from, I think, Virginia to do this. I, it, it, he's he's really, it was one of the best things. I was worried. I'd be one of the first people to tell you. I thought that ch- the city of Jackson was going to get control of that money and not nothing was ever going to get fixed. And that's exactly what would have happened if they had gotten control of it. But it, the government actually did this right and put it in his hands. No more of this minority set-aside contractor nonsense. He gets to pick the contractors, the Lumumbas, and... And their very merry band of free the land idiots will have not will not profit a single penny off of the problem they somewhat created. I think you saw that during in August of twenty one uh, twenty two excuse me with the uh, whole water crisis where what I heard from I knew some people that worked at the engineering firms that were doing this and the um, that Benny Thompson and Tate actually were you know, I think quietly on the same side like it was we need to get this fixed because you know a friend of mine told me that worked with this stuff he said you know he's a Republican and he said look I don't agree with Benny Thompson on anything but I'll tell you one thing the guy cares about his city like the guy cares about the people here and he wants to do the right thing he's like the Lumumbas don't you know they don't that that's they have a different agenda than Thompson did so apparently Thompson and and Tate and they went and got this I think there was a consensus that the city has got to be prevented from getting this money, that that was, that there was a way that they could not administer it. And everybody knew that whatever they would do with it, I'm not going to make any allegations, obviously, but that, and you saw that I think in Henry Wingate's opinions where he kind of explained that, especially with the issue you're talking about clay about whether like they're complaining, they wanted somebody that was African-American to do this. And he's saying, wait a second, that's what they used to say about us, you know, and which was a really good point that he made. He's like, let's, let's, and Wingate's African-American. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that he's like, they they used to say it about us. White people said that about us. And now you guys are saying that's about them. He's like, this isn't right. He's like, Hennepin's doing the job. You know, I'm just paraphrasing, but let him do the job, which he's done. So I think that there's been, I think everybody kind of, that was in power kind of knew that we didn't need to let the Lumumba administration control this. And I, I think there was a consensus. And, on you know, that. and I believe, as I sit here, and this is just Clay's opinion, nobody else is in this room. I believe that the, the Lumumbas knew this is what was going to happen, and they were not going to get any control of that. And I, mm-hmm. I believe that ha- is in part what created the... The uh, Jackson trash crisis. Well, and they were also. Do you remember they were? Um, well, Chokwe was was cool with Ted Hennepin initially when they were talking about basing water bills on property values. That was something that he was he was pushing Hennepin, and Hennepin was spitballing that. I don't know how far along that was going to go. I know the legislature I think was it Shanda Yates pushed that bill where they. Um, well, you can't do that. You can't base it on water bills. But um, then then that happened, and now Hennepin is now Chokwe's enemy. But before, a year ago, he was on board with him. So yeah. I think that's interesting how that evolved as well. Well, and I think there was some uh, sort of naive or simple thought process that Ted Hennepin is Joe Biden's guy, mm-hmm. the Biden DOJ's guy. He's going to step in, and he's going to be on the city side against the state. And to Hennepin's credit, I don't know that he's on the state side. I don't know if he's on the city side. I think he's just been a really good functional manager. Yeah. Right. And I think Wingate's opinions have recognized that 
early on out of the gate, I was critical of the idea of essentially creating a separate property tax because that's what it was going to be, right? Mm-hmm. It was going to be based on the value of your home would dictate your water bill. Yep. You know, I think in talking to him, some of that was a byproduct of the fact that the billing system is just so messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's backed away from that idea. Yep. Instead, what he's done is gotten about like identifying where there are leaks, fixing leaks. Now he's got control of the sewer system too, <laughs> which is candidly a very good thing from an environmental perspective for the city. So raw sewage has been getting dumped into places that shouldn't forever. be dumped. Yeah, forever. forever. I mean, it's right. Been, yeah. that, that Pearl you, River you can't, keep, Pearl River Keeper. Uh, I guess it's a Facebook group, Instagram, like yeah, social media. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Those, those guys do a great job of keeping up with just how much sewage was being dumped into or is being dumped into our waterways. Did y'all, do y'all ever, uh, do you guys ever kayak or anything like that? I'm a, I used to really be into it, uh, and especially about six, seven years ago. I used to go down to Bellhaven Beach, if you know where that is, under the interstate, yeah. and drop my kayak in there and go, and you can't do that anymore. With the amount of sewage, if you go, if you we go, used to drive four wheelers down. If you there. go south, you know it's a, uh, it's just a, uh, it is disgusting. I mean, it's just not, it just not, it sucks because that was a fun thing to do, and like you just well, can't really do that. There's anymore. this kayak Jackson thing, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I'm like, man, all, all, all of my Jackson jokes aside, that is something I think is extremely cool if you're not doing it through raw sewage. Yeah, I mean, we used to go kayak and we'd go camp on the little sandbars and do that kind of stuff. It's really, it's really a lot of fun. But I mean, there's all that now. There's raw sewage. I mean, you don't want to jump off into the water. Like that's not really a good idea. No, I mean, to, to your point, I'm glad you brought up Ted Hennepin. That uh, I'm always, I'm always game to to talk about the Jackson water stuff. So, well. He, but, uh, I think I interrupted you. You were originally talking about being at the Capitol. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and to to close that, it was a really unique experience for me to kind of go from what I've done to somehow get to speak at a judiciary committee on crime in Jackson and got to kind of vent kind of how I felt about it. And I did it in my opening monologue yesterday, just explaining. And people can agree or disagree, whatever. This is people love to talk about. You can't discount my lived experience. Well, you can't discount my lived experience that as a conservative. Or really, I don't even think the politics really doesn't matter in this situation. As a law-abiding citizen, if I have to defend myself from a Second Amendment standpoint in Jackson, I believe that I will, because of a George Soros-funded Hines County DA and Jody Owens, I believe that, I, and also being outspoken, I would end up being the next one on trial as a defendant having to explain why I chose to pick somebody else's life over mine. I didn't want to be in that situation. So therefore, I felt a bit like I'm, I have to move out of here. Now, it wasn't it wasn't the crime that made me move. It wasn't the water that made me move. I lived in Jackson my whole life. These are just things you get slowly accustomed to, and you wake up one day. I guess it's a what's the old thing? A frog, a bowl, frog in the pot of boiling frog, water. Yeah, mm-hmm. frog in a pot of boiling water. And but it was the it was what happened with Anthony Fox that really really broke me. And the whole, those, that whole crew of guys, they got arrested for that because the verdict didn't come out till later after I'd already moved. I was like, man, if they would do that to their own police. And I mentioned this in the, in the hearing yesterday. I said, if they will falsely prosecute one of their own policemen, top cop, hero cop, for a political statement, they will absolutely do that to Clay Edwards. And to my point, just a few months ago, that lawyer had to shoot that guy on his property that had broken his house. They arrested him for aggravated assault, and then two weeks later, that guy broke into another house and somebody else killed him. Yeah, I think though that was JPD that 
did those charges, though. It wasn't the DA's office. Well, I don't know that they've indicted him, I guess is my point. I'm not. Yeah. I'm sure they won't. I wouldn't think they're going to indict that guy. Well, JPD, Hines County. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying they did, right. I just yeah, I don't know just, if it's been a uh, – hopefully there was enough media coverage with the DA. I, I would assume, knowing the people I do at the DA's office, that they're going to look at that and say, I mean, I don't know how legally you indict the guy. Tell I guess it could happen. The property. Yeah, I just I don't know how that. Yeah, that that's kind of like that. Can all, that case can almost be like a law school example of self defense. Really, yeah, it's, that, it's so perfect. Then I then I mentioned in it to get pull it back to what it was about to be there to begin with. The public defenders knitting properly funded. I opened it with kind of a joke. I said, "Well, if my mama had known that, if <laughs> if I had told my mama I was sitting here with a Supreme Court justice and John Coletti, she'd be like, "Boy, what have you done?" done? <laughs> and, then, and then she would say, "Well, I know you can't afford John Coletti. I hope they got a good public defender." Yeah. And those kind of pulled it back to the public defender. Well, and look, Mississippi's public defender system is just fundamentally broken. I mean, this mm-hmm. is something that I've worked on a good bit in the past. Um, we are in a situation where we've got all the wrong incentives, which lead to a whole bunch of people sitting in prison or in jail way longer than they should without an indictment, without being brought to trial. Russ, let me let me get you to hold that thought. Yeah. I want to pick it back up on the other side of the break here. This is a Clay Edwards show with Russ Latino and Sean Yurkaran. We'll be right back. 